There was concern at the time that photographers or artists might wig out lawyers or defendants and therefore obstruct the path of justice. Unobtrusive fixed cameras have since been installed, but there's still a demand for further depictions of certain cases. So British court artists circumvent the law by taking feverish notes about everything they observe, from posture to personal grooming to the color of someone's tie, and then prepare their sketches outside of the courtroom. Court artist Priscilla Coleman became the first person to be given permission to draw in a courtroom in the United Kingdom in nearly 90 years at an appeal hearing at the Supreme Court in 2013. At the time, a spokesperson for the court told the Evening Standard that while ordinarily photographers still weren't permitted in the court, Coleman had been as non-invasive as the fixed cameras. The golden age of real-time courtroom art in the United States began with Leo Hirschfeld, hired by NBC to sketch the congressional censure of Joseph McCarthy in 1954. He was rapidly ejected, allegedly for behaving like a camera. After that, illustrators were obliged to work from the same kind of fastidious notes as their British counterparts, until 1963 protests, led by courtroom art grand dame Ida Libby Dengrove, freed them to work on the spot. That same year, TV news expanded from 15 minutes to a full half hour, sending demand for courtroom sketches sky high as news editors struggled to fill the extra time. One high-profile case followed another. The assassinations of John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King Jr., and John Lennon, for example. Illustrations were more in demand than ever before, and a new vanguard of illustrators, including former war artist Howard Brody, went marching into the country's courts. The cases from these years that the artists love best are not always those that the public remembers. Rosenberg fondly recalls the trial of wine counterfeiter Rudy Kurniawin. I loved drawing all those little bottles of wine because they laid them out as evidence, she says. It was so much fun, like being back at art school. And for Williams, a particular favorite was the cocaine trafficking trial of automaker John DeLorean in 1984. She had a fantastic vantage point, she says. Loved drawing former model Christine Ferrar's fabulous clothes, and enjoyed the support of encouraging more seasoned colleagues. At that time, court illustrators were commonly sent along with reporters who would tell them what to look out for. These days, they mostly work alone and hope they manage to capture what their client news organizations want. Photographs might seem a better method for capturing an accurate likeness, but courtroom sketches provide something extra, something about the emotional resonance of what happened, Rosenberg says. It can provide more of an essence. Williams remembers seeing a heavily cropped photograph from a trial that failed to show how a 6-foot, 5-inch, 300-pound defendant dwarfed his attorney. And that's a very important part of what that scene was, she adds. On top of that, a photograph might capture someone between expressions or with a fleeting grimace that doesn't necessarily characterize the overall emotional tenor of a courtroom situation or moment. All courtroom illustrations are necessarily impressionistic in this way, writes Catherine Crubb, who curated the 1995 exhibition Witness of the People, Courtroom Art in the Electronic Age, at what was then called the Museum of Television and Radio in New York, now the Paley Center for Media. They seek to capture scenes from everyday modern life in flickering, fleeting images, she writes, comparing them to the work of 19th-century artists Edward Degas or Edouard Manet. The pursuit of verisimilitude leads to exaggerations and distortions. There tends not to be much physical action in a courtroom. Instead, artists must rely on minute changes of facial expression to communicate the drama of the proceedings. Rare moments of action often reap some of the most famous courtroom images. 
Bill Robles' 1970 drawing of Charles Manson leaping from the defense table, intent on stabbing Justice Charles H. Older with a pencil, for instance. Williams remembers catching what she later described as a great moment rather than a great drawing when she drew notorious fraudster Bernard Madoff cuffed and being led away by officers. Increasingly, the few remaining court artists are expected to do this thoroughly analog job in a digital world, where technology affects everything, from the challenges of creating these images to their public reception. In court, Rosenberg wriggles around to get the best view she can amid a forest of computer screens. Immediately afterward, she must photograph and email her work to a television studio where it features on news broadcasts. On top of that, illustrators are at the mercy of thousands, if not millions, of internet hot takes on their work. Rosenberg, for example, went viral after one of her sketches of Brady, quarterback for the New England Patriots, caught the world's attention in August 2015. It was variously labeled troll-faced, haunting, and like it was put in one of those machines that crushes cars. Rosenberg